Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime on a Wednesday. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I am proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. They never get it wrong. For over 40 years in Middle Tennessee, they have been doing right by Middle Tennesseans with incredible Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford operates with honesty and integrity. That's why you trust them. That's why you go visit them in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. They are just out here trying to make you money and make sure that you plug in that promo code A to Z Sports so you can make all of the money possible because they have incredible profit boosts and odds bonuses that come to you if you use that promo code A to Z Sports. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Titans, the Preds, and A to Z Sports Prime Time. Your dream address without the stress is what they can get you. If you are in the market to sell your home, they can help you sell for more at GaryAshton.com. And of course, Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, that's Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on each and every one of your HVAC needs. That is what they promise to bring you, and that is what they will deliver to you upon you giving them a call or checking them out online at Brymac.com. Okay, so let's go through this. Uh, let's go through this and, uh, and, and I guess, I guess, where do you want me to start? Do you want me to start with why I thought, why I was 1000% convinced that Jayon Brown wasn't coming back? Do you want me to go through the process of what the Jayon Brown and his representation ended up going out, trying to find on the open market? Or do you want me to start with, you know what, I'm not, I love you guys, but I'm not going to let you dictate the show. Instead, I'll ask you the Two Rivers Ford take. Because <laughs> I'll get to all of that. I'm uh, I'm just, there's a lot of information and I want to make sure we get it to you in the, uh, in the most concise way possible. So let's get your Two Rivers Ford take first and foremost, and I'll walk you through everything up and until the point where I was loud wrong, 100%. Happy to admit it. Uh, let us... Get your Two Rivers Ford take. Give me one word to describe Jayon Brown's contract with the Titans. Now, if you don't know the ter- the terms of the deal, it is one year, $5.25 million. Tom Pelissero reported it of the NFL Network. One year, $5.25 million. It was, frankly, shocking, and not just because I was dead wrong about it. It was shocking because of how little the money was and how short-term the contract was. But there's something very, very interesting to that that kind of led to this point, and the Titans getting a great deal and a piece that, while imperfect, and I'll explain what I mean by imperfect here in a second, is going to help totally not overhaul their defense to try and keep some level of continuity. That's what we'll start with first. One word to describe Jayon Brown's contract extension. Titans will win Super Bowl 55-17-0, says Dirk. Well, Super Bowl 55 was this year, so they will win Super Bowl 56. Uh, admitting it is still more than 90% of media. Good job, Buck. Oh, listen, I'm, if, if, you can't, if you can't admit when you're wrong, uh, what, are we, what are we even doing here? You know, why would you guys even, am I going to double down and say, no, I was right because of X, Y, and Z, or I was right because of this or that or whatever? No, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll explain to you why I thought the way that I did what I heard. And and how I ended up being wrong. I'm totally happy to walk you through that process. That's if I'm if I'm going to sit here and demand what what listen I demand accountability of you guys. 
When you guys come in this show, man, I tell you, you better bring it strong. And so when I show up here and I screw up, you should expect better of me. Same way as I, ex- I hold, you know, my job is to hold players and coaches of your favorite teams accountable. If I can't be held accountable in my job, what the hell do I deserve to be doing in front of the microphone trying to hold uh, your favorite players and coaches accountable? Like what, you know, that would be super hypocritical. And, you know, maybe I can be hypocritical sometimes, but not that way. Uh, not, you know, especially given that you look, you guys literally document everything that I say. <laughs> so I appreciate uh, your, uh, your understanding, but this is how we will, uh, this is how we will go through this process. Two Rivers for take one word to describe Jayon Brown's contract with the Titans. D good says shocked. I think that's a good one. Okay. Hold our hands, Buck. Uh, hold our hands and tell it, Buck says El Boogie. I'll get to that in a second. Integrity says Anthony Hill, Eric Charles. Uh, forgive me, Eric. I don't want to mispronounce your last name, but Eric says one word would be loyal. Stacy says thankful. David Dandy says he's shocked. Well, I think there's a there's a variety of different ways that you can look at this, and you'll hear from uh, you'll hear from Jayon Brown. In fact, here in a second, I'm certainly uh, I'm certain that we would uh, I'm certain that we would hear from Jayon Brown in the coming days. Now that we're starting to roll out Titans uh, Titans resignings via the Zoom, the PR team is uh, the PR team for the Titans is starting to make the players available to us. Is what I'm trying to say poorly. So I'm sure we'll hear from Jayon Brown uh, a more recent Zoom with Jayon Brown here in just a second. But I have some stuff from Jayon Brown the last time we talked to him that I'll share with you here in a bit. Sweet, says Charles Hardaway. Bavin is ecstatic. No option on two or three years, says G-Man on base. But that's uh, that's absolutely 100% uh, what having to do with why I got it so wrong. And I'll explain that here in a second. Kevin Cunningham says, don't want to hear about the contract. Just want to hear about how super informed you are. Hey, listen, Kevin, you are, you are 100% allowed to take shots at me tonight. That's all right, buddy. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you participating, whether it's out of spite or otherwise. Slap that captain sticker on him. He's a leader, says Ryan Fields. Well, you will hear from Jayon Brown here in just a second. But first, I'm going to remind you quickly, since we're doing the Two Rivers Ford take, about the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. That is where you go for the new 2021 Ford Bronco, for the F-150, for the Mach-E electric Mustang. Incredibly cool cars, incredibly efficient cars, incredibly futuristic cars at Two Rivers Ford. That is what they have done for over 40 years in the industry, making sure that you get customer satisfaction and a non-commissioned sales staff that's not going to put pressure on you throughout the course of the car buying experience. Go pay them a visit, test drive one of the vehicles. Just a Fan 31 says uh, the Mach-E Mustang got mine on order. Shout out to Just a Fan. You know that you can trust the people uh, at Two Rivers Ford without question. We love to see that. Uh, Two Rivers Ford, though, and if you don't want to go out to Mount Juliet, that's totally okay, but you still want to check out a Ford, just do it on tworiversford.com. That's all you got to do. We're doing the Two Rivers Ford take here tonight. Here's the last time we talked to Jayon Brown, and then I'll explain to you how everything came to be and uh, and why I look like an asshole today. <laughs> um, we have plenty of trust in this in this locker room and uh, on this field defensively with, with our coaches and players. Uh, we we got to go out there and execute any call that that's given and uh, work our techniques and our and our fundamentals and and whatever whatever call that that may be and uh, just execute it and, and play another uh, play another down and try to get off the field as fast as possible to give our offense the ball and. Uh, and uh, get some turnovers. All right, so he's talking about the trust in the locker room, and that is something good. Uh, that is something good for uh, for 
the Titans and and essentially, you know, trying to correct some of the issues, trying to iron out some of the issues that that defense had last year. Now, largely what the moves that have been made, excluding bringing Jayon Brown back, is that they were not satisfied with the defensive product. Adoree Jackson left for a variety of different reasons, but also because he wasn't playing up to the standard that they expect. And also he wasn't a Mike Vrabel draft pick, um, even though Mike Vrabel's not the one technically drafting the players, different coaching staff, the ability to move on pretty cleanly. Jayon Brown um, does still have some problems. Uh, and some of those problems, and I'll explain to you, because they're it's a little, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you behind the scenes in a way that um in a way that just kind of to explain my thought process on things and how I was drawing the conclusion that I was. Because Jayon Brown, um, what I was told is that Chris Frazier says, Buck, I thought you said he was, wasn't coming back. Well, that's perfect timing, Chris, because I'm here to tell you exactly why I got it wrong and how I got it wrong. So at the beginning of the free agent process, really before free agency began, at the end of the Titans season, you start going through contract numbers. You start testing you know, you start asking around different places, what is guy's market going to be? Understanding that COVID is going to do certain things to the finances that are going to stunt some of the markets for not only just linebackers, but you see what's happening with the wide receivers right now, too. They're moving very, very slowly on the open market. So you know that you don't have a salary cap to work off at the time when the season ended, but you're still trying to go out and find out, you know, what the market is going to be. And then things kind of develop. And the number that I started hearing for Jayon Brown was $8 million plus. $8 million plus. Okay, so you go through the contracts. And remember, 5.25 on a one-year deal is the deal that he signed. So then I'm, I'm, I'm hearing $8 million plus, and I'm thinking, okay, I, it would be a bit of a luxury. Jayon Brown has been a certainly solid player. He was a little slow to start last year. He started to find his footing within the defense, and then his elbow blew up, which is unfortunate. So you start hearing $8 million plus, and then the number balloons to 10. Then the number gets to 11.1 on an average annual salary, four years, $44 million are the numbers that start to be floated about Jayon Brown because of the contracts that other inside linebackers are starting to get, namely Matt Milano with the Bills. So at that point, what I was being told about Jayon Brown is that within the system, and within the Titans' defense, how people view Jayon Brown was a little bit overrated. And I think I said that, I stated that very clearly. Now, here's the tricky part, right? Because that information, you always, anytime I tell you something or anytime I get information, this is a good lesson for me too. You always have to consider the source. Now, you guys don't know the source that I'm getting that from, right? So there's only that needs to be a better job on me to be discerning. But the thing that I came away feeling today after I saw that that number was less than half of what Jayon Brown was seeking on the open market. Remember, that's the reason that that $11 million, 10, north of $10 million was out there. That's what his representation was seeking. That what, that's what Jayon Brown thought that his market would be. And then after Matt Milano signed that deal, the money really wasn't there for other teams to pay linebackers $10 million, $11 million, inside linebackers, especially somebody like Jayon Brown, who is almost strictly coverage, even though he does he does do a lot of nice things. I don't want to pigeonhole Jay and Brown. And again, this is not this is not personal. This is based on information that I received because some of you felt like I was trashing Jayon. That's not at all so. If you guys have followed me on social media, you know that this is a Jayon Brown stan account. Long before it was a Corey Davis stan account, 
It's a Jayon Brown stand account. And I'm not just saying that because he's back. I'm absolutely going to talk to Jayon Brown about this because I know, you know, I know Jayon Brown's family a little bit. I talk, his brother is, uh, his brother is a really okay, long, you don't, you don't care about the dynamics. Anyway, so the information that I was getting was that he's overvalued. And of course, I'm looking at $11 million and I'm saying, yeah, hell yeah, he's overvalued. That's outrageous. But this is the thing that media people like myself have to consider. And this is a good lesson for me. Where is the information coming from? And why is that person saying the things that they are saying? Is it because they are trying to drive the market down to make sure that there's a narrative out there about Jayon Brown being overvalued? That's absolutely possible. Is it, is it a larger piece of a puzzle where you're trying to figure out a way to compromise with Jayon Brown's side of things and you want a certain narrative out there about Jayon Brown? I honestly came away from that conversation as of today when I saw the deal that actually came out and reported by Tom Pelissero. By the way, we're taking your Two Rivers Ford take. One word to describe Jayon Brown's contract. I'll give you mine here in a second. But I honestly came away from that feeling today. And, you, you know, it's, again, I have to be better at my job. But the way that I came away feeling from that interaction, a couple, you know, it's probably been about three, more than a month, a month, damn near a month and a half later from the time that that information was being given to me is I felt a little bit used. I felt like I was given some information about Jayon Brown that was used to help drive his price down. And that was not a good feeling for me today. Um, and I, I find that deeply regrettable. It's not just that I got it wrong. I don't care. I mean, I do care if I get things wrong. My my job is to get it as right as humanly possible on a regular basis. I'm just walking you through kind of the back end of the media stuff. I don't know how many of you care, but I do think it's worth explaining. Again, this is not an excuse at all. Uh, but I do feel like uh, Donovan says, got to stop listening to Compton. Will Compton has Will Compton has nothing to do with uh, Will Compton has nothing to do with that situation. Um, Will you use that source against us, Jay Domsky? That's a good question. It will it will definitely make me reevaluate how I consume that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, because what what I did was, uh, you know, I I don't feel good about it on the back end. You know, and so that's a that's a long explanation for how it got there. And I'll give you my one word here in a second because I think it's a great deal for the Titans given what was el- what else is out there. And it's also a good deal for Jayon. I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. But I just wanted you guys to kind of have an understanding of why I came out so strong uh, on that situation and uh, and why I felt uh, why I felt the way that I felt. Uh, I care, Buck says UW, what are the dynamics? Well, I, I hopefully that's a good explanation of uh, uh, was it the same source as the John Unis thing, says Puka. No, this was... Uh, this was Dilfin. Uh, Big Mac says no Bucks fault. Blame the source for spewing BS. Uh, no, this this is my, listen. This is my fault. It's my platform. Uh, it is my job. Uh, it is my job to give you the best information possible. Honestly, Buck teams don't buy into those rumors. They assess whether he's a scheme fit. I I understand what you're saying, but it's not just uh, teams. It's not about teams necessarily who buy into those rumors if you kind of catch my drift on that. And that's about all that's about all the further I'll go uh on the situation with uh with Jayon Brown and the information and why I was so loud wrong. But again, admitted absolutely admitting loud wrong, absolutely uh here to be accountable to you guys 
and 100%. Now we will get back to the contract situation because that's what you care about most. Jayon Brown is back. He's on a one-year deal. It's going to cost you $5.25 million this year. And I'll explain what my one word is because Sean says stabilizing. I see, uh, uh, I see um, football strategy being another. Uh, we don't have Pruitt, says Adam Lehman. Well, we're not talking about we're not talking about uh, that all gamesmanship, um, says Puka. Mister uh, Mister Aurelio says, long as you're right more times than you are wrong, that's what matters. Well, you know that's that's up to you guys. I'm pretty sure. I again, I'm not here to tout my credentials. You guys hang out with me enough. Uh, you you know what you know what the game is. You know what I'm saying? Like you know you know how it goes. I'll give you my one word about Jayon Brown's contract here in just a second, and why I believe it to be very, very interesting, a good deal for both sides, and I'll explain why here in a second, right after I remind you about Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, that's Brymac.com, satisfaction guaranteed on each and every one of your HVAC needs. They have three locations here in Middle Tennessee that will take care of you, that will put you in your comfort zone. You can trust the people who have been doing it here as a family-owned business serving Middle Tennesseans and some of you in Kentucky from their three locations at Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Okay, one word to describe uh, the situation with Jayon Brown, his one-year contract. Chris Flint on Facebook says familiarity. Uh, surprising is my word, according to Adam Lehman. George Dolph on Facebook also says correct. Continuity for John Michael Presley. Corey D. Jackson says supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Uh, can't to can't wait to get to the Woodyard conversation. Yeah, that's coming up. I got I got some smoke for Wesley Woodyard. That much I'll tell you. Uh, but that's gonna that's gonna be at the end of the show. So my one word is mercenary. My one word on Jayon Brown is mercenary. That is the way that I'm viewing this deal. Mercenary because um, it's a situation where Jayon Brown was seeking north of $10 million, which is why I was drawing, again, I should never draw conclusions in this industry. Uh, this is a situation uh, where you should always follow up on, on the sourcing and the reporting and of all of these things. But as soon as I started, as soon as I heard his camp was pushing for north of 10, uh, I basically, you know, I looked at it and said, There's, they can't afford to pay that. So they got him for half of that, which was crazy. Why it's a mercenary type deal is because first and foremost, Jayon Brown is going to sit back, take a one-year deal, stay, stay in a situation that he thinks is beneficial to him, go out and look at his market next year because his market was hurt from the fact that he's coming off an injury. Many teams held that against him, fairly or unfairly, even as he was cleared medically mercenary because he's going to look to get paid again. And so this one-year deal, it serves both the Titans and Jayon Brown because the money is far lower than what Jayon Brown was originally seeking. It is far more team-friendly for the Titans. It is a good fit for Jayon because he knows he can play in this system. And it is a situation where both sides can find, find equitable ground for one year while everybody tries to get their shit together for 2022. You'll see a lot more of these short-term deals with guys like Jayon Brown. I'm very curious to see, frankly, what happens with Kenny Galladay, who's the top wide receiver out on the market. Because right now he's taking visits 
But he has, and he has an offer from the Bengals, but as, as of what, 8.45 tonight, he has not yet signed a deal. The deal for Jayon Brown is very mercenary-like to me, and it is because he is pursuing this very smartly, very wisely. He is approaching this one year at a time, seeking future payday. Now, it's risky to gamble and bet on yourself in football when injury is always a possibility. Just look what happened at him. Look what happened to him last year. It would be, I would, I, my heart would, even as, you know, I'm objective. It is not my job to, to care about, I mean, it is my job to care about reporting on your football team, but Jayon Brown is a person, my heart would break for him if something happened like that again. But it is a gamble worth taking if you think that you can cash in for four times as much when you hit the open market again, and that's what Jayon Brown is trying to do. Mercenary-style tactics right now. Giants, is that official for uh, Kenny Galladay? He's going to visit the Giants. He has not agreed to terms with the Giants since last we left, uh, since last we uh, since last we saw. So that is not yet official. He is taking a visit to the Giants. He has an offer from the Bengals, but he has not signed a contract, so keep an eye on that. Uh, at the right price, why not? He is still a four, says Donovan. Well, this is a right. This is the right price. He's not Vic Beasley. He'll be fine on a one-year deal, says Pissarro. Yes, because you know he cares. You know, Jayon Brown's resume speaks for itself. He is a good player. Again, I uh, Marvin Jones has officially signed. That's true. He's a Jacksonville Jag, Montreal Titan. Um, but Jayon Brown is a solid player to a above-average player within the Titans' defense, and he is looking to cash in in future years gambling on himself uh gambling on himself tonight how many people help with this nightly show says Jay's in real life are you talking about like uh my production team uh it's me it's producer Reed from a remote location and sometimes it's intern Adam that helps with us so we're a three-man operation but the only person that you see is me and I promise you that my guys most not not to take anything away from Adam but producer Reed busts his ass for me um, and on the radio side, I have a whole different uh, production staff, a whole different team that I work with. But for this show, this is a three-man operation. Mostly, uh, mostly it's a one-man operation, and that's not me. That's Producer Reed. He does all the legwork without question. So you should give all of Producer Reed your love and affection. Uh, yes, I did see, and Producer Reed is just texting me during the show. Reed, I, I, Reed. Tell me I don't know what's going on with Kyle Van Noy, buddy. It's literally my job to pay attention to all this thing. The artist formerly known as Intern Reed. Correct. Let's move on to Todd Downing because there is a wide receiver market right now. I think there's going to be wide receiver stuff to talk about tomorrow and the draft conversation once we get through the bulk of free agency uh, is going to be lit. Uh, Nathan wants to know, how does your throat not kill at the end of each night? I mean, I you know I'm getting a lot of mileage out of this bad boy, uh, but I drink a lot of tea is what I will say to you. <laughs> a lot of tea. A lot of tea and a lot of honey. Anyway, let's talk about Todd Downing because he got a pretty strong endorsement from two offensive players for the Titans today, two guys that we talked to. Give me one thing that you know about Titan, new Titans OC, uh, Todd Downing. One thing that you know about new Titans offensive coordinator, Todd Downing. Because I feel like we haven't talked about him hardly at all. And in a normal year where free agency is not quite this lit, we would spend much more time on the two, you know, for lack of a better term, new coordinators that the Titans have. So give me one thing. What's one thing you know about Titans 
new Titans offensive coordinator, Todd Downing. Give me that in the comments on Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube, and Twitch TV. You will hear from one of the players who gave him such a strong endorsement today. Uh, Armando says nothing, and that's okay. That's a good answer because that means we'll be able to fill you in. We'll be able to provide you some context from some of the guys who are talking about him today. While you guys do that, I will remind you about the fine folks at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. That is what they offer you at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially now that we are in the mar- the month of March, the month of the madness, because the big tournament is finally here. We do not know who will be cutting down the nets at the end, but we do know that there will be no shortage of madness. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you as a new customer in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog, win $256 if they win. All you got to do is plug in the promo code A2Z Sports. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, once the NFL comes back, so much more. All you have to do is download the app, DraftKings Sportsbook, plug in the promo code A to Z Sports, and you will turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing in college basketball pulls off the upset. Code A to Z Sports to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and you want help, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. The fine folks at DraftKings Sportsbook, make sure you use the promo code A2Z Sports. All right. What's one thing you know about Todd Downing, the new Titans offensive coordinator? Uh, average says Justin Miller. That is what he is saying about Todd Downing. Josh says he knows he used to be the play caller in Oakland, now Las Vegas. This is correct. Uh, nothing. I know nothing says C Smith 0607. That's okay. He was a former tight ends coach says Ryan Dominic. That is also true. Players talk about his attention to detail. A la Arthur Smith says, is it Riley Mort? Uh, I believe that's the, uh, that's how I'm reading that correctly. MB Comer. Oh, I lost MB Comer. Where'd he go? Uh, the comments are full, rolling in pretty uh, pretty damn quickly. MB Comer says his name is Todd. That's it. That's all MB Comer knows. Uh, he used to be an offensive coordinator himself, and per Vrabel, the re- he was responsible for handling the red zone offense this past year. Yeah, and the tight end's very much involved in the red zone offense. I literally forgot his name for a bit, says Lindsay. I know he was in Minnesota, also a tight end's uh, coach, no, his dad owns UPS. That's your former offensive coordinator, not this guy. This is Todd Downing, not Arthur Smith. Uh, the uh, the Rock say twenty five says, yeah, Buck, you the man. Well, I appreciate uh, appreciate that, but right now we're talking about Todd Downing. Buck, do you? Uh, Chris Neely has a draft question. We'll get to that later, Chris. Um, but right now, here's what we're being told about Todd Downing by the players whom he used who he used to be the position coach for, and now whose offense he will coordinate. Todd Downing was given many, many strong uh, endorsements today from both Anthony Ferkser, who re-signed on a one-year deal, and Jeff Swain. Jeff Swain, who not many people paid attention to last year, is basically your fourth tight end uh, for the majority of the year. But Jeff Swain really enjoyed talking to him via Zoom today. He was We, we got to talk to him because he signed a new, year, a new one-year deal to come back to the Titans. And we got to spend a lot of time talking to him, talking to him 
In fact, I asked him a question, and I don't know if producer Reed included my question, but we will find out because I asked him what Todd Downing did for him that made it such a good fit for him here in Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I'm off the top of my head. One of the big um, things we kind of had an ongoing discussion within the year was our wide zone footwork. And so it's kind of a technical thing, but um, different body types do do it differently. And so a guy who has you know different hip mobility than I do, he may use different footwork to get to a landmark on a block. Um, and I have, I'm a kind of a longer body. And so I can cover a lot more ground in a shorter amount of time. And um, we just had talks throughout the year on how we were going to kind of like, how we were going to modify how I did things to make me as efficient as possible. And I had all my, you know, I have my years of experience and all my crazy thoughts and Todd was able to look at it and analyze it and okay, I think you're right about this and right about that. And let's work on you know, your first step, getting a little more width or whatever it was. And those little details that I like as a player that I want to be coached on, he was very open to like identifying the little details that I needed to work on and then allowing me to experiment with what I thought worked. And when we found something that did work, then he would coach me up on that. Um, as opposed to just trying to hammer into me what he thought was the best way to do it. He would, allow me to kind of play with techniques and play with footwork and body position and hand placement. Um, and then once we solidified how, what worked for me, then he would make it, okay, this, that's how we're going to coach you from now on. And I'm not going to coach you like I coach Ferk or Prue or Janu because everyone, everyone's body is different. Everyone moves differently. So a lot of you are saying no shit. The, the tight ends are going to have good things to say about Todd Downing, but listen, Listen to the comments there, guys. I, you know, I don't care if he's a first stringer, third stringer, fourth stringer, whatever. Think about what that guy, what that guy just said, because what he was, what, what Jeff Swain was saying to us, man, I really, I really expect better from you guys on that. Listen to what this dude is saying. He is taking feedback from the players. In fact, we're going to get to Wesley Woodyard and Mike Vrabel here in a second in a way that Mike Vrabel sounds like he's very much the opposite according to the players. And so, I understand why you're saying that players who are going to be coached by this guy this year are not going to come out and rip him uh, in any kind of the in any sense of the imagination. That's not what I'm saying at all. But listen, I'm, I'm going to play that qu clip for you again because I feel like you weren't listening to what Jeff Swain was saying. You were just judging it because it's Jeff Swain. The question that I asked him in today's Zoom press conference was how did he put you in a better position to succeed? How did he listen to your feedback? as a player to a coach and incorporate that into what you guys do. That's very, very much nuts and bolts mechanics of football. And I'm surprised that you guys are, are responding so poorly to that. I understand what you're saying about no shit. He's going to say nice things about his position coach, but again, listen to the comments from Jeff Swaim and kind of consume it, it with, from that purview, consume it from the fact of how did he help his players get better? Because what Swaim just gave, you guys don't get that kind of honesty from most other players. I don't know how many of you pay attention to these Zoom calls, and, and that's okay. You don't have to. It's my job to, and then my job to bring you the most important information. But this is important information. This is how he's going to put them in a position to succeed. So if a player is comfortable, he's going to get better, as AFN Legend points out on Twitter, or excuse me, on Twitch. He's utilizing player strength. So go ahead and listen to the player, de player development in a nutshell, as Sherlock says. I, 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 I'm kind of upset that you guys are responding 
as badly as you are to that. But listen to Jeff Swaim again and listen from it, listen to it from the player development perspective, because that's going to be very, very critical for Todd Downing as he moves into his new role, a role that he's had before as offensive coordinator from tight ends coach. Uh, yeah, I'm off the top of my head. One of the big um, things we kind of had an ongoing discussion within the year was our wide zone footwork. And so it's kind of a technical thing, but um, different body types do do it differently. And so a guy who has you know different hip mobility than I do, he may use different footwork to get to a landmark on a block. Um, and I have, I'm on kind of a longer body. And so I can cover a lot more ground in a shorter amount of time. And um, we just had talks throughout the year on how we were going to kind of like, how we were going to modify how I did things to make me as efficient as possible. And I had all my, you know, I have my years of experience and all my crazy thoughts and Todd was able to look at it and analyze it. And okay, I think you're right about this and right about that. And let's work on your first step, getting a little more width or whatever it was. And those little details that I like as a player that I want to be coached on, he was very open to like identifying the little details that I needed to work on and then allowing me to experiment with what I thought worked and when we found something that did work, then he would coach me up on that. Um, as opposed to just trying to hammer into me what he thought was the best way to do it. He would allow me to kind of play with techniques and play with footwork and body position and hand placement. Um, and then once we solidified how, what worked for me, then he would make it, okay, this, that's how we're going to coach you from now on. And I'm not going to coach you like I coach Ferk or Prue or John Oak because everyone, everyone's body is different. Everyone moves differently. So I hope I hope that that second time around kind of gave you the insights that I was trying to highlight there. Can you play it a third time? <laughs> Just so I fully have it. Says Jake Domsky. He allows players to buy in. Very impressive. I wish our offensive coordinators did this to Mariota. True fans will respect that, says Robbie Coleman. That's the only point that I was trying to get across. And I understand that tight ends have never been an issue with this franchise, Just a fan. But this is it's deeper than that. So I get that you don't value Jeff Swaim. Uh, as a as a high priority or a, a top end player, but Jeff Swaim just gave you really really good insight into how Todd Downing is going to go about taking the players' feedback in an offense, which is good, right? Somebody pointed out, and forgive me, the comment the comment scrolled by me too quickly, um, but it's very much what Delaney Walker used to say about Arthur Smith, and that's about as high a praise as you can give. Again, we know that these guys aren't going to come out and rip their new offensive coordinator. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what we're looking for them to do. Where I, what I asked him today and what that response gave me was how does he highlight you as a player? Jeff, give it give give me a better understanding of the things that Todd Downing does with you to make you better at your job because understanding that Jeff Swaim had a smaller role in this offense, Jeff Swaim was asked to do a lot of different things and helped be a big part of an offense that helped Derrick Henry rush for 2,000 yards. That's a lot to do with Derrick Henry, of course. It's a lot to do with Arthur Smith. But there cannot, you can't just gloss over that kind of stuff. And that's what I, that's mainly the point that I wanted to get across to you guys and why that's such a big endorsement coming from a player like Jeff Swaim. Because it's easy to ignore Jeff Swaim, even if you're a position coach. And that's the, that's, that's the kind of thing um, that I think is going to be important for the Titans on offense even as it doesn't give you uh, an insight into the design of his offense or what concept he's going to keep uh, from Arthur Smith or from Mike Malarkey or from Terry Robisky or whatever the case may be. 
that is the situation that I'm trying to highlight. Downing teaching technique and downing uh, designing offense are two different discussions, says Max Cristiano. Don't dispute that at all, Max, but both things are going to be both things are going to be a part of that process. And that's the part that I wanted to make sure that we conveyed. Let's move on to uh, uh, John Bertani is saying, goodness, people are cranky on here tonight. Not as cranky as Wesley Woodyard. Wesley Woodyard, very, very cranky on the radio today. Uh, you guys know I do a three-hour radio show for 104.5 The Zone. The, the show that's on before me is Jason Martin and Ramon Foster uh, from 6 to 10 a.m. I'm, of course, on from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. And uh, what happened today with uh, with Wesley Woodyard was pretty interesting. I want to know from you guys, fair or foul, in the comment section on Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube, and Twitch TV, fair or foul, Wesley Woodyard taking out Mike Vrabel today because he did it very publicly. I will play for you the audio. He did it on three different radio shows today, so you know he's not running and hiding from anybody. Fair or foul, what is happening uh, with uh, with um, with excuse me with uh, Mike Vrabel and Wesley Woodyard in the comment section on Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube, and Twitch TV? Fair or foul? Wesley Woodyard trying to take his former head coach out. I thought it was fascinating. You guys, let me know on Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube and Twitch TV. We will discuss it at length together. You will hear that audio courtesy of uh, my, uh, from the radio station that I work with at 104.5 The Zone and the J Mart and Ramon show right after I tell you about the fine folks at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com, your dream address without the stress. By the way, Bud Dupree is on J Mart and Ramon tomorrow. Gary Ashton is going to help Bud Dupree find his dream address without the stress because he's the official real estate agent of the Titans. GaryAshton.com is the place that you go. It's the place that you search for all of your uh, home requirements, your real estate investment needs. All you have to do is hit up Gary and he will help you the same way that he helps me, helps the Tennessee Titans, helps John Robinson, helps the Nashville Predators, helps John Hines, who may very well may be on his way out of town. But in the meantime, he got a house through Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Fair or foul is the question that we are posing to you here on A to Z Sports Primetime from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. What Wesley Woodyard did to Mike Vrabel today. Now, some of you have heard this, uh, and as John Michael Presley says, Woodrow sounded like a scorned ex today. Josh Sabata, or Sabota, forgive me if I've mispronounced it, says Woodyard is an angry man. Well, I'll let you guys decide for yourselves whether Wesley Woodyard was fair or foul today because he sure as hell came after Mike Vrabel and he did it in several public platforms. What is the identity of, of at least on this side, the Tennessee Titans defense? I, I tell you what, remember, remember this date, January 11, 2020. That was the last time the Titans had any kind of defensive identity. <sighs> and I'm pretty sure once y'all figure out what day that was, You'll, you'll understand me, but I'll just help you clear it up. It was the Baltimore Ravens game. I knew it. Uh, after that game, you know, Coach Pease didn't really call any of the plays in the AFC Championship game, and that's why the identity on that defensive side of the ball has been lax. You know, everybody that that fights and everybody that you know gives any kind of pushback to to Mike, you know, is not is not received with any open arms. It's always fault. It's always you know. Disciplinary is always equal action to being cut or released. 
So Wesley Woodyard had time today on J-Mart and Ramon. And of course, uh, that show comes on right before my show on 104.5 The Zone. J-Mart and Ramon from 10. No, excuse me. I'm from 10 to 1. They are from 6 to 10 on 104.5 The Zone. The question I'm asking you is fair or foul? Dude went on a on a went on and praised Bowen on a different show, says uh, Jay Domsky. And Jay Domsky also asks, you know, why wasn't he on your show? He's doing every other show today. One, because I'm not interested in retreads. Um, and I try to avoid having get like because Wesley literally did J Mart Ramon and then he did two other radio shows because the two other radio shows were grabbing at him and because they were wanting him to say something on their platform as opposed to saying something on the zones platform. And that's okay. I understand why people do that. I'm not interested in that. You guys aren't going to hear the same conversations on my show or on my shows, be it the podcast, the primetime show, or the radio show. We're just, we're, you know, we're not, no thank you. That's okay. I'm happy to talk about what he said on another show, um, but if he just wants to come on my show to, to give his own opinion, I have, uh, I have felt used enough lately in a way that we talked about earlier in this show, talking about Jayon Brown a little bit. Not interested in, in that from Wesley Woodyard. But... The point that he is making, uh, he has his opinion after talking to our defensive players. I think it's pretty telling. OG, will like it? Yes, you're late to the party. I understand. OG, we we went over it at great length. You can uh, you can talk. You can go back and rewatch the show a little bit. But here's the way that I come away come away uh, thinking. What I what I what I pointed out on the radio show today is what Westerner is saying may very well be so. That Mike Vrabel from Baltimore to the Kansas City AFC title game may have asserted more control over the uh over the uh Titans defense. And they lost that game. All anybody cares about is the result. But when you look at the first Kansas City game, because remember they played earlier in the year, and I'm gonna write this for A to Z Sports Nashville.com. I talked about it at length on the radio today. What happened in that first game at Nissan Stadium? Yes, the Titans won but they gave up 530 yards to Patrick Mahomes on a bad knee. They scooped and scored, which helped bail them out. They blocked a field goal, which also helped them. Great work by Josh Kalou and Rashawn Evans. Great work by the Titans offense to keep pace. But the Titans defense in that game gave up 530 yards. And what I know about Wesley Woodyard and what many people have told me about Wesley Woodyard is that he was very, very bitter on the way out the door. Now, you guys know I am pro player, 100% pro player. I never, almost never, side with management over the players because I think it's ridiculous. As somebody who myself is labor and who has bosses, I very rarely want to side with the bosses in another situation because I understand what it's like to be an employee. But Wesley Woodyard was very, very upset about the way that he was, one, benched for Jayon Brown and two, let go by the Tennessee Titans, not considered a priority free agent. They just straight up let him walk. And the rest of the league told him that he was they, he was not worth bringing back on any kind of contract. Because remember, Wesley Woodyard hasn't officially retired yet. So Mike Vrabel, my understanding is that he looked at that first Kansas City Chiefs game and said, you know, as Dean Pease's boss, which he is entitled to do, as Dean Pease's boss said, okay, Dean, I'm going to have a little more input here. I think there's some things that we could do differently. I think there's some things that we could do better. In terms of yardage total and in terms of how that game started, the Titans defense held Patrick Mahomes down until Rashawn Evans missed a tackle, Patrick Mahomes ran a touchdown in, and everything started to devolve because they couldn't keep up with the Chiefs at that point. 
I think what Wesley Woodyard is saying is very, very embittered. And I understand that there's this crusade against Mike Vrabel because of all the things that went wrong defensively. But I also ask you to consider, one, the source, and two, the context. Because I think the context matters very much here. Now, it's an easy connection to draw that there was some kind of feud between Dean Pease and Mike Vrabel after that. That was not the case. You know, you guys, I, I understand that, you, you know, you guys are, uh, that you guys aren't privy to those conversations. And I'm not, it's not like I'm in the facility for those conversations either. But it was my understanding that Dean Pease was very much on the track to retire, no matter how that season played out. And he wanted to get back into football. And Arthur Smith is somebody that he likes. And that Mike Vrabel, as his boss, one, Dean respects Mike. Mike respects Dean. And also, Dean came here very much understanding that Mike Vrabel can, can veto stuff. That's Mike's job. And so he went about it in the AFC Championship game. A game, by the way, which you led the Chiefs by 10 and held them down pretty well defensively until Rashawn Evans missed that tackle. And so that's the context that I think most people are missing in what Wesley Woodyard is saying, because it's very, very easy to, to turn around and say, oh, look at Mike Vrabel. He's, he's a terrible coach. The defense stinks. The players hate him on and on and on. But it's very, very odd to me that Wesley Woodyard would go out of his way to do three radio shows today, basically saying the same thing in a way that one, I think is, and, and I very, I have a lot of respect for Wesley Woodyard. Let me make no mistake about it. I think Wesley Woodyard was an ace in dealing with us media wise. I miss his presence very much because he's honest. He's honest. He believes very much this situation about Mike Vrabel. He feels very hurt about the way that he was let go by the Tennessee Titans under Mike Vrabel. And he feels very strongly a connection with Dean Pease. And Dean praised him quite often, Wesley Woodyard. So it's very understandable why Wesley feels the way that he does. But I also think the context of those two games and why Mike might have made that decision needs to be factored into this. I'm not telling you that it's right. I'm not telling you that it's wrong. I'm simply explaining that this is the situation that you guys need to consider all of the information and not just from the one source. Buck, you always say two things can be right at the same time. Why can't this be in the same instance? He can be bitter and right. Tyree, I'm I'm uh, I'm not you you are 100% correct because I always tell you guys to look at it with nuance. And so that's the nuance that I'm providing to you. I'm not advocating for Mike Vrabel. I'm not advocating against Wesley Woodyard. I understand the source. I understand how Wesley Woodyard feels about how he was unceremoniously in his opinion let go from the Titans and then not pursued in free agency. I understand that Mike Vrabel is a very, very difficult person to work for, and also the dynamics that led to them losing that game. Mike Vrabel wasn't the one missing tackles on Patrick Mahomes. Mike Vrabel wasn't the one getting bird, burned down the field by Mecole Hardman and, uh, and Tyreek Hill. I'm just providing you the context so that, Tyree, you can make your own decision. You are absolutely entitled to do so. He can be bitter, and if you feel that he is right, you are absolutely entitled to... Uh, entitled to feel that way. I'm just providing you more context with which to formulate your decision. That's the only thing that I'm saying. I do think it's a bit foul. I do think it's, I, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to discourage that because I love, uh, I love the, um, I love the honesty. You never, you never hear that from players. I don't want to discourage players from doing that. I think that players are need to be much, much more upfront 
about stuff like that. I think it helps people and fans understand what's going on inside. You never hear them do that. But uh, if, if if Wesley Woodyard wasn't retired before, he's retired, retired now, because ain't nobody giving him a job when you betray a trust like that. Vrabel is a le- definitely Vrabel is a leader, not a play caller, says just a fan. Again, I'm just providing you the context. Uh, Pass-heavy offenses, says OG Will Aiken. Uh, P's defense consistently gets you to a top 10 unit, but Vrabel could see its major flaws against pass-heavy offenses, says Will Aiken. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of that. Mike's not a dumb guy. He may be a micromanager. He may be a dick at sometimes to work for. Not that I know personally, but just stuff that you hear. Mike Vrabel is a very, very difficult boss. But also Dean Pease understood when he took this job who his boss was. And that in certain situations, he had to defer to his boss. Wesley Woodyard didn't seem to like that very much. Such is life. But that's the information. Why I think it's a little bit foul that Wesley Woodyard went and took Mike Vrabel out publicly the way that he did because Mike Vrabel is never going to come out and defend himself in public like Wesley Woodyard just did. Boo-hoo, Joseph Way says Wesley. He's not not here. Yeah, I mean, what do you care if Wesley Woodyard's feelings are hurt as long as your team wins football games? You know what I'm saying? Uh, You can't ask Vrabel about the third field, that's for sure, says Robert Deerfish. Yeah. Uh, he's never, uh, he's never, ever going to talk to us about this. If he, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm picturing in my head cause we haven't talked to Mike for a while. I don't think Mike has any interest in talking to us for a minute. Um, but I can just imagine what Mike Vrabel's face is going to look like on a zoom when somebody, cause somebody's going to have, I mean, somebody's going to have to ask him about this, uh, cause it's topical. You guys want to know, and, and that's our job to find out the information that you guys want to know. Uh, Paul's definitely going to ask. <laughs> I just, and you know what? I, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, it's not like I'm not, it's not like I'm above asking that question. I just think that I know what Mike's going to say. So is it really even worth messing with? Um, but yeah, Paul's probably going <laughs> to ask that question. God love him. That's why we love PK play the long game. Buck says, OG. I mean, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, man, like there are so many things. Uh, the thing that I love about Paul and I, uh, I, I will, uh, Paul, but here's, here is what I'm saying EA because EA says it perfectly. Paul is the voice of the fans. Paul asks questions like he's one of you guys, which cracks me up because Paul could not be more public and more, uh, more does tries to you know put and and I I believe that Paul tries to be as objective as humanly possible but the thing that we're not supposed to do is act like you guys right so Paul asks questions like you guys do when you're in my twitter mentions which cracks me up because Paul's whole thing is anti homer but Paul's out here shouting Mike down like it's it's bothering Paul that the Titans punted on on fourth and 40 when it's really not our job to get upset at Mike our job is just to ask him why he did it and if he explains it in a way that's unsatisfactory then we can talk about it afterwards but Paul being the voice of the fans is hilarious to me because Paul hates fanboys and the thing that I love about my good friend PK and I would tell him this to his face in fact I'm gonna have to text him that we talked about this tonight uh, is that Paul is acting like you guys. <laughs> and that's okay. That's absolutely okay. Paul Kaharski, voice of the fan. Who'd have thunk? 
He's the best. Uh, he may ask questions we talk about, but acts way above anyone. That's what I'm saying. Like he's, he'll tell you that he's above that. He's above that. Uh, the fan base, but he's asking questions like you guys ask. You guys would want questions asked. You know what I'm saying? Eli L. J. Johnson says, "Quit beating a dead horse." Else, one, don't tell me how to do my show. All right, I'm sorry, but like you're a guest here. Welcome in. The rest of us enjoy how this show is going. If I'm not mistaken, please somebody correct me. But if I'm beating a dead horse, uh, why are there still this many people hanging out in the comments after we're an hour into the show? I mean, quit beating a dead horse. I talk for five and a half hours a day. You don't think I'm going to have some? You don't think I'm going to spend a little more time? The fact that I'm still willing to talk after five and a half hours, you quit beating a dead horse. Out of here, L's J Johnson on YouTube. <laughs> You guys crack me up, but I love you. LJ is now dead. It's okay. Uh, I like how, I like how you and PK respect each other. Says Focus. <laughs> I uh, I you know I my favorite thing about the media market, and you know at the risk of beating a dead horse, God forbid. Uh, who is it? Is it LJ? See, this is the this is the problem. As soon as I as soon as I move on. Uh, it's L's L J S Johnson. Okay. L J S Johnson. I, I see it up here on my, uh, on my comment section. So I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this because you guys have been here in an hour and I'm, I'm sure to some of you, I am beating a dead horse. I'll, uh, I'll quit. I'll quit being obnoxious. Um, but the thing that I love most about, uh, about this media market and the, the people that I get to work with, cause Paul's not a coworker, but Paul's one, he's a good friend. And, uh, and two, Paul very much showed me how to do my job for victims this week so far since Babbitt. I know I've been on, been on a kick. I've been kind of taking people out lately. I'm sorry. I haven't had a lot of sleep. Free agency's been keeping me up. <laughs> um, but, and I've talked to you guys about this before. In fact, more people have come in since we started talking about the media, L. So I'm going to leave that comment up for you to, to marinate on here in just a second. But, you know, they, we, we treat each other like family. Like the thing that you guys don't see is during the press conferences, myself, Kaharski, Tehran, and Joe Rexroad, we have a group text in the middle of the press conference, which where we, you know, we fire shots at each other. We fire shots at other people. We talk about the answers that the players just gave to people's questions. We credit, we criticize other people's questions like it. And we did that for the first time since the season ended today. And, you know, it just, it feels, it feels like family a little bit. Um, which is why I very much I, I very much love the team that I I love covering the team that I get to cover because of the people that I get to work with, if that makes any sense. And uh, and Paul, you know, Paul bristles at bristles every once in a while, and that's okay. You, you give PK shit back. Rex Rhodes the same way. Tehran is uh, no nobody can nobody can pick on Tehran because TD's the best. Uh, but these people are my family. Uh, and I very much, uh, very much think of them that way. So it is cool that we that we respect each other and that we uh, and that we get to do it together. That we have that kind of dynamic within the Titans media core. It's a good time. I'd love to be on that group text, says John Bertotti. Uh, Paul was on the zone before, says Royal Wright. Yeah, I'm, I'm well aware that Paul was on the zone before. I talked. I I I I had a conversation with Paul Hutton uh, and Chad before I took the zone job and was like, Hey, you know, I, I want to know what you guys think of this. And you know what? They were great. 
they were great about it. And I know we haven't really talked about that here, and that's a conversation for another day. I don't know. I haven't Outkick 360 is on while my uh, while my radio show's on, so I don't get a chance to hear it. And I haven't I haven't had time to catch the podcast yet. Um, but yeah, I I just I wanted those guys' feedback because they're my friends and I respect them. Uh, and they they gave me good and honest feedback in a way that was hugely helpful to me. And I'll always appreciate them for that. That's just kind of the dynamic. At least, you know, I know people get go back and forth at each other in Nashville media, but <clears throat> I've always felt, you know, we're getting off on a tangent here. The show's going a lot longer than I expect. It's almost 930. So we'll wrap it up here shortly. Um, but the thing that I really like about my position in Nashville media is one, A to Z sports is kind of like Switzerland. Like maybe I can't have, you know, I can't have Joe Rexford on the radio show because Joe does a radio show for another station. Can't have Paul on the radio show because Paul works for Clay Travis now. Uh, but everybody can come together on the podcast and hang out and talk shop. It's Switzerland. And so I've always really valued um, this as a platform, not specifically, I mean, yes, primetime, but the the podcast because I can have all my all my friends who are media people on the podcast and we talk about this and you can, uh, you guys can feel like you're, uh, feel like you're a part of the show, um, which I very much, uh, which I very much love. And so at that point I have, uh, I have been self-involved enough. I hope that I quit beating the dead horse and, uh, and that everybody had a good time tonight. Just as fan says Woodrow in the house. Oh, is Wesley in here? I didn't, I don't, I can't see who pops in, uh, and perhaps he popped out, but you know, Wesley, would you welcome in here anytime? Uh, he can, he can chirp at me in the comments. Cause I said what he did was foul today, but that's okay here on A to Z sports prime time. We have rambled enough. Uh, he, just a fan says he came and left because we were talking about it. We were talking about you know, uh, some kind of love affair between, <laughs> between me and the rest of Nashville media. Anyway, thank you guys for your participation. You make this show possible. You were very, very, uh, you were very, very great tonight. And I expect that you will be great because we have one more show left on the primetime side of things. We got two more radio shows left and plenty more articles to crank out at A to Z sports, Nashville.com. Make sure that you are tuned into the radio show tomorrow. We're going to talk a lot of college basketball, given that the Vols play on Friday and we will keep tabs on all things Titans free agency for you. We're going to have Casey Alexander, who's the head coach of Belmont. He's going to be our NCAA tournament analyst he's going to come on every Thursday and talk college hoops with us which I think which I think is really cool and we're glad that coach Alexander is going to take some time also Luke Worsham is going to be my my uh my co A to Z sports titans writer Luke has very very strong anti-variable opinions and he and I are going to have it out on the radio show tomorrow so that's going to be a lot of fun tune in from 10 to 1 on 104.5 the zone or get the podcast Buck Rising on 104.5 the zone in the meantime Enjoy the rest of your evening. I love the shit out of you guys. You're the best in the world. Thank you for hanging out with me. As always, I'll tell you what, my eyes look a little baggy because they do tonight. I'm going to put on an eye mask, but just because my eyes look a little tired doesn't mean I am. So you know damn sure it's the end of the show, but I'm not tired yet. Let's go. No.